Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnotta, with you guys as always. And today, we are here to talk about some things that are going on nationally around college football. National college football reporter for 24-7 Sports, Brandon Marcello, is going to join us. He is down in Amelia Island, Florida. Uh, That is the site of the ACC meetings. And right now, there are some big-time news events that are coming out of that. There, of course, is the news that the ACC is considering eliminating divisions. Me and Josh Marlowe talked to you about that on the last edition of the podcast. We also talked a little bit about NIL. We'll talk to him about that coming up. And also a little bit about an article that he wrote yesterday, which talks about major college football potentially breaking away from the NCAA and why they think that now is the best time. So we are going to ask him about all of that. But yes, we did start with asking about the divisions and why the split in the divisions uh, is happening now and why it makes the most sense for the ACC. We now welcome in from 24-7 Sports, he is Brandon Marcello, and he joins us here on the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Uh, first of all, Brandon, how's it going, man? It must be pretty nice for you to be uh, you know, down there in Florida, hanging out uh, at the ACC uh, meetings and everything like that, and getting back to a little bit of uh, college football, even though it's not on the field. At least uh, you've got coaches in rooms and ADs in rooms as well, so how's it going for you? Yeah, it's business season, as I like to call it. And it's the uh, part of the year where it's not necessarily, I mean, it's still the off season, but for me, it's, I just passed the off season. Now it's business season. And then it's talking season when all these uh, uh, media days start kicking off. And then the season will be here. Well, yeah, it's right around the corner. But yeah, as you said, right now, you know, the talk going around is really focused on the ACC and uh, the chances that it looks like the divisions are going to be scrapped. And, you know, you wrote an article yesterday. You've been down there covering everything that's been going on with the ACC meetings. And 
you know, you wrote about the chances that it looks like this is going to be put in place here relatively soon, as soon as maybe 2023. You know, what is the latest on the potential removal of divisions in the ACC, and why do you think that this is something that the ACC is going to now? I think it's not just the ACC. It's going to be, you know, the SEC as well. I think conferences are going to move away from divisions and go to uh, kind of a one through sixteen or one through fourteen approach with their with their uh, with their teams because of the college football playoff expansion coming, and also they're wanting to make their TV inventory a little bit more, uh, I guess, viewer friendly. So, for example, in the ACC, too often you see, for example, like a Clemson undefeated going against a five loss pit team back in 2018, and it's not only a blowout, but it's a situation where, um, goodness gracious, Clemson ends up losing that game. Who knows if they get in or not? They probably still would have. But depending on what happens with college football playoff expansion, we're looking at the possibility of the ACC or some other conference, you know, there being one upset away in a championship game from being represented by their automatic qualifier, if there is one, with a, a Power 5 champion, and it being like maybe a four-loss team, and then meanwhile, the team that's better than them, at least on paper, even though they just beat them uh, and be sit- better situated for a playoff, might be knocked out completely. So um, there's a lot of reasons why they're moving this way, not necessarily just to get rid of divisions, but also just to, to, to freshen up the TV inventory, as I said, because they want to be able to have every team in the ACC be able to play every other team in the conference within a four-year period which obviously creates some interesting matchups and gets them away from this whole time period where you're going 12 years in some spots from completely not playing a team or going to a certain campus. So um, it just makes a lot of sense. So, you know, do you ultimately, do you think that this is what is best for the ACC? And then, you know, specifically, you know, what about for a team like North Carolina? Um, you know, we, we cover the Tar Heels day in and day out. So, you know, I know that there has been some pushback from coastal coaches, but ultimately, do you think that this is what is best for just everybody in the ACC? I, you know, it's a great question. I think it, it depends on where you're seated and how you've been historically, whether you've ever really been in the coastal race. But, you know, the thing is, is everybody has. I mean, we've seen uh, champion after champion year after year that wasn't the champion last year. So um, I think that's very clear why the, the, the coaches, when they were giving an informal vote, it was split right down the middle uh, with the coastal coaches saying, no, we don't want this. We want to be able to uh, stay with divisions because it gives us an opportunity to play for a championship. I mean, Pat Narduzzi certainly doesn't want that uh, to potentially happen because uh, that will probably rob them of another opportunity to play for an ACC title um, unless they just have an amazing uh, generational-type season in the regular season. So it is what it is. I think that the reason why you see it with the ACC and I think eventually here with the SEC in the next few weeks with them moving away – from divisions is they want to get as many teams as they can possible into the playoff, but also they just want to improve their schedule and their TV inventory. So uh, in the end, it's all about money. They want to make more money. 
So sticking with this plan from the ACC, if this was to go into place, you talked about that they would go through the 3-5 rotation model, which is basically three protected rivals and then five rotational opponents each year. So basically, if you do the math, that means that it would be one set of opponents one year, one set of opponents the next year. Basically, you would play teams every other year that aren't your protected rivals. So when you look at you know the protected rivals, have you heard anything about which teams they're looking at potentially protecting here? Because I've been in, in a knockdown dragout fight here in my home state. People don't understand why Virginia has to be a team that Carolina keeps on the schedule. Is that something that it that people are trying to do right now? Are they working out those schedules, or what exactly is going on with that? They're not working them out, but the athletic directors uh, here were kind of mentioning here are the the opponents we would like to be our permanent rivals, and some of them gave two, some of them gave three, some of them gave four, uh, um, you know, choices so that they could whittle it down to three. Nothing set there, really, even close to being set. You know, um, you know, Florida State wants to continue to play uh, Miami, of course. They also want to continue to play Clemson. Uh, that third team, a lot of people would assume Georgia Tech, but the AD said, listen, uh, I'm not sure. I think it's a wild card for us, so we're not sure who we want at this point. And as far as North Carolina, we'll see. I think a lot of fans would have some very good educated guesses as to what uh, they would want that to be. But, you know, we'll see. Um, I don't think those decisions – or even really them putting pen to paper of going, hey, give us the three teams you absolutely want. Give us two opponents that would be on the outside looking in for you that if we can't give you those three, then maybe we slide in. So that's still a ways away. Um, but um, I think it's very clear they're moving away from divisions. They're getting away from it. They're moving to three permanent road, three permanent rivals. Um, and, um, you know, if I was a guessing man, an educated guess, I, I bet they have this all – uh, situated, uh, or at least announced that they're going with a 3-5 rotation uh, probably by the time ACC kickoff happens on media days. So one of the other things that you've been talking about, you know, your main focus down there has really been on what's been going on with uh, the potential split of the divisions, but you did write an article uh, yesterday that talked about the chances that college football, major college football itself, breaks away from the NCAA. You know, why is this something that is coming up now, and, and, and why does this feel like something that people are getting behind even more than they have in the past during this current time period? Well, I think even Jim Phillips, he said, you know, pretty much why not now? Because uh, the NCAA is going through a major restructure, a reorganization. The Transformation Committee is looking at everything and trying to determine what they should change, what they should get rid of. And, you know, college football has never really been in a great spot with the NCAA. They don't manage their championship events like the NCAA manages the basketball tournaments. And, you know, Jim Phillips said, listen, they do a great job managing the basketball tournaments. They give us a lot of money, in fact, and that's not something we want to get away from. But football is a whole different beast. And so, you know, you've heard from Ohio State Athletics Director Gene Smith kind of put the idea out there, why don't we have the college football playoffs kind of manage and put together a governance system for the 10 FBS conferences because it's very clear that the NCAA is not really going to be able to figure anything out and be able to also take that on that big task on their plate. So um, I think we're closer than ever, and I think it's going to happen at some point of some sort of breakaway for college football, major college football, I should say, 
whether it's uh, in a restructured system within the NCAA where they have more autonomy or they're just not really part of the NCAA at all and the college football playoff or some other entity is created uh, to oversee everything. Now, Jim Phillips doesn't see some massive breakaway from the, of the Power Five, and by that he means every sport uh, happening in the next five or ten years. But, you know, listen, Notre Dame Athletics Director Jack Shorebrick, who is a very powerful figure in college football and college sports and, you know, has been involved with the playoff, um, you know, he has said, too, that he thinks that a breakaway or something's going to happen because we're getting in a point now with college football where it's really the power two in his eyes. It's it's the SEC and the Big Ten because of the huge money they're going to be getting and are getting, but we'll be getting it over the next 10 years. They're going to separate themselves from the rest of the pack, including the ACC. And so unless you align yourselves with them or you find some way to get, get a lot more money and do it on your own, um, there, there's not a lot of options. And so uh, the potential is there for everybody to kind of put their heads together and go, listen, uh, if we want to be able to thrive and also have some – uh, a lot more teams involved, then um, we probably need to all come together as five power five conferences or say all 10 FBS conferences and figure out our own way of doing college football outside the NCAA umbrella. Well, one of the other big storylines that everybody's kind of been talking about here during this offseason, because as you know, it's pretty much become college football is now a 365 day a year sport. Um, you know, they, the NCAA earlier this week releases new NIL guidelines, um, which basically are just put in place to try to limit the collective groups from approaching, uh, you know, incoming athletes and, and guys potentially thinking about entering the transfer portal. You know, this step, do you think that this was the step that was needed to slow down what is going on right now with the NIL or is there maybe another area that you would have liked to see them address, maybe such as tampering? It's a great thing to have on paper, but no one really has any confidence that the NCAA is going to be able to enforce it. I mean, listen, their their enforcement staff is a skeleton crew right now. They've had people leave the enforcement staff. Uh, they've had cutbacks throughout the NCAA. Um, and they, no one has confidence that even when they were at full strength, they were going to be able to handle all this, let alone being a skeleton crew right now. And I mean, Mike Bray, the Notre Dame basketball coach the other day was just going off, you know, just saying, no, I just don't think they, they can handle it. And, you know, but as us as coaches and, and administrators, we get paid a lot of money to figure out these problems and we just need to adjust. This is not going away. Now, when it comes to tampering and everything, um, good luck, like trying to prove that and actually get the evidence um, and presenting it to the NCAA and then having the NCAA be able to go track that down and investigate it. I, I think that it's it's a lot of barking from the NCAA and there's no bite to it. Um, there's got to be some type of penalty structure that is introduced and is very well communicated. So, for example, let's say a booster is found to have tampered. Uh, so, for example, a booster reaches out, let's say a Clemson booster reaches out to a player at North Carolina who is still on the, play, on the roster at North Carolina, has mm-hmm. not entered the portal, and says, hey, I'll give you an NIL deal worth $450,000 if you come to Clemson. Well, if that happens and the NCAA finds out about it, maybe you not only try to disassociate that booster from the program, of course, but maybe you actually find uh, financially, uh, the university itself, the athletics department, and that might get them to um, to, to stop um, or at least slow it all down. But until that happens, nothing, uh, there's no bite to it. In fact, 
you're hearing from a lot of boosters and some of these, not necessarily the collective people, but the boosters saying, listen, um, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Alston in the Alston versus NCAA case. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much told the NCAA, like, you cannot limit people on what they can make or do. Um, and so boosters are going to go, you can't tell me that I'm a different class of citizen because I am very invested in the program I like. You can't tell me I can't give money to a player, whereas someone else can. Why, why are you telling me I can't? The Supreme Court says you can't say that. And so there will be a lot of lawsuits if the NCAA actually tries to crack down on that. So all of that is a need loop all, all the way back to say this. Uh, it's toothless. They're, they won't do anything. And until there's actually some penalty structure involved there and the schools say they're on board with it, um, it, it whatever's happening now will continue. Yeah, there's no doubt the NCAA is definitely in a tough spot here. Last thing we'll ask you before we let you go here. You know, there seems to be this concern that is starting to rise from some of the teams that are towards the bottom of the power conference. And I say this because I've heard this from a few Tario fans as well, that the interest level in college football, primarily around some of these universities that are sort of middle in the pack, even in the power five, are not going to be able to keep up with some of these other programs because of the NIL and because of the transfer portal. Do you think that there is legitimate concern that there could be separation even within the Power Five and that this could hurt the overall interest levels that some have in college football? No, certainly. It's like, uh, you know, people say that, you know, college football, college sports is different because fans. You know, they have an attachment to the school. Some of them went there. Most of them went to that school, and that's why they cheer for them. They have traditions. They they have memories on those campuses and at games and everything. And then now you start in, introducing NIL. And then, of course, whether it's the top dog, you know, programs like in Alabama or Clemson, um, or even the, the, the mid-tier to low-tier uh, programs, which are going to get poached by these bigger programs through NIL or may not be as competitive as the past, or will never be able to taste the, the promised land, so to speak, of maybe even making that conference championship game because of an IL. You're putting fans in a position now where, because it's become such a business, and I can understand this for some, for some fans, because it's now such much of a business, you're just cheering for a piece of laundry on Saturdays rather than the actual school and the players. You're not as invested in them because they're not necessarily invested in staying there for four years and having the same experience or equal experience that you had when you were a student there. So I understand that for the fan perspective. Um, but times are changing, and that's just kind of what college football is, is becoming. Listen, college football has always been a business. Universities and academics have always been a business. Otherwise, we wouldn't be paying hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, over a course of four years to go to school there, to, to, to learn, to be educated. It's a business. It's always been a business. And now it's just out front. And um, now the players get to actually profit off of it, but it's going to change things. And uh, that's for everybody else to decide whether it's good or bad. I think for some fans, they, they like it because it adds some excitement to the off season. Some, it's almost like free agency to a lot of ways. And you get, you almost get a new team year to year in certain spots. But also I could see why a lot of fans would be like, I'm not as invested in this anymore because I don't know if my favorite player is going to be around in year two or year three. And, uh, you know, that's just what it's going to become. 
He is National College Football Reporter for 24-7 Sports. Brandon Marcello. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter, at Marcello. He's got a couple of really great articles up there uh, about the uh, potential uh, of that the ACC is closing in on eliminating divisions, and he's also got that great piece up about major college football potentially breaking away from the NCAA. Hey, Brandon, thanks for joining us, man. We really appreciate you stopping by. We'll uh, let you get back out there and enjoy uh, sunny Florida, man. I know I wish I was in your shoes. Uh, but unfortunately, I am sitting here getting ready for a weekend full of rain in Charlotte. So uh, <laughs> enjoy it down there, man. We appreciate it. All right. Yeah. Anytime. Thanks. All right, man. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big day, a big payday during the NBA playoffs with DraftKings same game parlays? You can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPNXX. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. So we want to thank Brandon Marcello for stopping by with us, uh, taking some time out there. We all wish we were down there in Florida enjoying the great weather that they're having down there. Make sure you check out those articles that Brandon has on his page to get a little bit more of an understanding about what all is going on when it comes to the uh, elimination of the divisions, as well as the potential of major college football breaking away from the NCAA. It's something that's been rumored here over the last couple of years, but I don't know if anybody really thought that it would get to this point so quickly. So make sure you check out those articles. And while you do that, remember to head over to the website, HeelToughBlog.com. Check out the articles that are a little more specific to Carolina football. These last two editions of the podcast have kind of focused on some of the national storylines and how it would affect Carolina, but there are some things, of course, going on around Tar Heel football, a lot of stuff with recruiting. We have an article up. Uh, a bunch of guys here recently have narrowed down their list, so make sure that you go and check out where Carolina stands with those guys as of right now. We are going to bring back weekly storylines. Those will be coming back. I hope to release the first edition of those here for this portion of the offseason on Monday, so keep an eye out for that. You can go back and check out all the draft coverage that we had. Of course, Carolina had four guys that were selected in the 2022 NFL Draft. They had six other guys that did sign on with teams and will be a part of uh, training camp here coming up. So make sure you check out all of that stuff over there on the website and also check out an article that I think you guys will really like. Mac Brown and his staff, we heard them talk about the potential of 
looking in the transfer portal for a wide receiver. And while they did add two commitments from the transfer portal here recently, neither one of those guys were at the wide receiver position. Carolina still needs depth there after all the guys that they lost to the transfer portal over the last year and a half. And it's a position that right now still has some question marks. You've got Josh Downs, you've got Anton Green, but outside of that, there's really not that clear solution there. So who should Carolina potentially be looking at in the transfer portal? Who are some of the good options at wide receiver? I give you three names that I think Carolina should be taking a serious look at to add to this roster for the 2022 season. It's all over there at HeelToughBlog.com. When it comes to the podcast, make sure you check it out wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Those are the main sites, but there's a ton of other spots where you can check it out as well anywhere that you get your major podcast and you can also check out the four corners podcast while you're there which covers the basketball side of things you won't want to miss the edition that we're about to record after i record this edition of the podcast where josh pens a letter to hubert davis apologizing for his criticisms of him mid-season that is a podcast edition that i have been looking forward to for a long long time so make sure that you check it out and you can do it also on the facebook page that's where you can get everything in one central location at heel tough blog on facebook all the articles all the audio editions of the podcast all the video editions of the podcast we are hoping those are going to return at some point hopefully for football season and then maybe we can extend that into basketball season but we are working you know with with everything we're kind of bouncing back and forth between studios and home it's kind of all over the place we're just doing these podcasts really whenever we have time so if we can get a little more stability we're going to try to get some sort of video platform up and running for you guys if we do it'll be right there on that facebook page If not, you still got the videos that we do put up, uh, the headliner versions of the podcast, which are the waveforms. You can always use that as an avenue to listen to it. And uh, we do have the cool graphics on the screen as well for you guys uh, to listen on there. Make sure you check out the other social media pages preferably at Heel Tough Blog on Twitter. That's the main page. And then, of course, we would greatly appreciate it if, you've had, if you would head over to our personal pages at HTB Anthony for me, at HTB Josh for Josh, and at HackZubber2 for Zach Hubbard. He is going to return in the next edition of the podcast. Make sure that you guys are keeping an eye out for that. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. want to thank Brandon Marcello for stopping by with us. want to thank you guys for listening, and as always... Go to our heels.